folks, welcome to another episode of the Parentpreneur Show, where we find out amazing people who are juggling the skills of parenting and being an entrepreneur. Today, I've got the great pleasure in introducing my audience to Ellie Donaghy. Ellie, take a bow, say hello, please. Good, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm very excited to be here. I have been practicing to say parentpreneur in the last week or so and I keep getting it wrong so yeah bear with me on that <laughs> I don't worry I, I came up with it and I still struggle spelling it so uh yeah to, to fully expect a rebrand sometime in the future <laughs> yeah. but hey we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it it's, I love it I just can't say it <laughs> it's one of those things isn't it it's like you know ready fire aim get on with it make it yeah. perfect later so um Ellie I'm not I'm not going to sort of give a whole pressy on you, but um, you've got a property developing background and you're a mum to two very young children. Yes. Um, but please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so um, my children are um, nine months and very nearly two. Um, and prior to having children, I had a big sort of corporate career and um, I headed up a lettings division uh, for a property business that was turning over sort of 23 24, 25 million pounds a year. Um, I loved that, loved, loved my job, loved everyone I worked with, um, but it was a lot of pressure, a lot of hours. There wasn't a lot of flexibility. Um, and about 18 months before I had my daughter, I'd been put at risk of redundancy. Um, and I was very lucky in the fact that actually I went on and secured a better position in the business, but it did get me thinking that actually my income and things was quite volatile I was fully reliant on somebody else to pay my salary every month and if for some reason that was to be gone and I did have children um then that was half of our our annual household income would be gone um so that's it was about 18 months before I actually did it that I sort of started thinking really seriously I'd always wanted to be a property developer in fact I wanted to be a builder when I was younger but thank god I never followed that dream might have been useless um so yeah it was then that when I got put at risk of redundancy that really made me start thinking about you know how can I be a bit more in control of my my own income and things so uh, my partner's a chartered surveyor I know he's not he's a chartered accountant um, and I went to him when I was about seven months pregnant and sort of said I've decided I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to set up my own business um and he was sort of like right okay you're sure about this um but he was very good and said you know like look if you really 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 want to do it why are you not doing it why are you procrastinating why are you thinking about it so being an accountant I'm sure you can imagine that had to be backed up by 55,000 spreadsheets to make sure this was going to work and that was going to work and that we had a proper business plan but it was a combination of there being put a risk of redundancy and thinking this could happen again in the future how do I stabilize this I was pregnant, so I was having a family and I wanted a sort of different work-life balance. Um, don't be wrong, we've got to talk about it, the hours and things I work now, I, it's not less, um, but it's more flexible and it's kind of what I was looking for. So that's kind of what's led me to where I am today. After setting up my business, I was seven months pregnant. So two months later, I had my daughter. And then five months after I had her, I found out I was pregnant again. <laughs> so I have set up a business in so within 15 months I set up a business and had two babies so yeah it's pretty amazing it's pretty <laughs> well it's just as well you're very good at project management isn't it because that's the <laughs> ultimate in project management I love I love what you said just now with respect to um realizing that you were dependent upon the paycheck for your yeah. financial security uh and it's a conversation that I have quite a lot um 
funnily enough from family members as much as it is from people who don't really know me going oh my gosh that's so risky yeah um, well at least it's a risk that's within my own control and that's exactly how I felt you know I I own really good money I you know I, I don't deny it it's not a secret um so to give up that salary you know people were like oh you know, especially family and things, how are you going to feed your babies? Um, but, you know, somebody could have taken that away from me. And when I was put at risk of redundancy, I was on a 14 day consultation. So, you know, of course, I'd have got paid notice and redundancy, it would have only been statutory redundancy. So it wouldn't have been huge. Um, but within a month, that could be gone. Yeah. So and somebody else is in control of that. So I think becoming a mum, that sort of started to really resonate with me a bit more of, I don't want to be in the situation where I work 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week for somebody else's benefit and that they're completely in control of that and can just take it away from me like that. So, yeah, that's does that make me a bit of a control freak? I'll say no. Brett will probably tell you yes. But, you know, we'll, we'll beg to differ on that. <laughs> and so do you think it was um, obviously you'd got the idea there of being a builder when you were younger and then wanted yeah. to be a property developer but mm. was it finally the children on the horizon and arriving that pushed you off the cliff that made you take that jump yeah I think so I think had I not been put at risk of redundancy I don't think I would have um necessarily have been thinking about it for as long as I had been prior to being pregnant but I think getting pregnant was the definite you know the final sort of I want to be in control of this sort of thing definitely but it's something I've always wanted to do so you know years ago years and years and years ago I surrounded myself with like a different uh sort of group of people shall we say and I shared with people there that I wanted to be a property developer it's what I really wanted to do it's what I've always wanted to do um and I make no secret about it I've done some public speaking and I've spoke about this that they laughed at me and they said oh, what are you going to do design the properties with your crayons oh. And it does massively knock your confidence. So for years, I was like, well, I don't know. yeah, I'll stick with the salary, stick with the corporate. It's the way to go. And then the, re the redundancy and then the pregnancy. And then like, I'm all nervous to go to Brett knowing he's going to want to analyze the absolute bejeebies yeah. out of this. Yeah. Um, but he was just great. And was like, OK, but if you really want to do it, let's do it. Like we have to make sure it's going to work and we have to make sure we take risks, but calculated risks. But yeah, let's do it. And I think having that support rather than the you're mad, you'll never be able to do it, then yeah, let's do it. Like let, make sure we've got it right, but let's do it. That also gives you the confidence to go and do it. Absolutely. And I and I can't imagine, you know, by luck or by design, a, a better partner to have, you know, a chartered accountant. That's fantastic. The weights and yeah. measures element of that is awesome. If I'd had that in my earlier days, then uh, yeah, you know, a few of my earlier episodes would have been probably a lot more successful so. well exactly don't get me wrong he is an accountant so he's boring as hell but you know as a business partner that's pretty good <laughs> we can always edit that out if you aren't <laughs> <laughs> nothing so, i wouldn't say to his face <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, fair enough so I, I i see a lot of your posts on social media you're yeah. very active on uh instagram with your property mission and also linkedin and yes. what I love about mm -hmm. these posts is they're like brutally honest and humorous yeah. with it. And yeah. yeah, okay, I'm 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 a guy, so slightly different sort of challenges with <clears throat> with respect to what goes on between parenting and 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 business. But yeah, I do they do resonate with me. Uh, tell tell us a, a little bit more about what you're up to and and the kind of the message you're also conveying through your through your business. Yeah. So what what I'm up to at the moment, the projects I've got on at the moment is some big. Um, 
HMO conversion, so house multiple occupation. So whether that's for um, students or, um, you know, like student nurses or things like that, we're putting together big multiple houses um, in and around the Bristol area. So one of the ones we've got at the moment, we're taking it from a three bed to a seven bed, and we've had to go through commercial change of use for that. And then we've got two others that are got, uh, three beds that we're converting into six beds. Um, the housing crisis is all over the news at the moment. People mm -hmm. can't afford to get onto the property ladder and buy properties in many cases, but they can't afford to rent because the interest rates go up, landlords exit, pushes rents up. So we're trying to sort of help and bridge that gap with a hybrid, with the, the houses of multiple occupation where it's rooms, but we're doing it to sort of more of like a luxury standard, you mm -hmm. know, quartz worktops, good furniture, not, you know, I've worked in lettings and I've seen like some student houses where you've got like slugs coming through the lounge and things like that. Like we're, that is not what we're aiming for. Um, <laughs> And we've got planning out for some other things where we're looking to build some uh, new builds um, and they will be sort of very good quality, but we're looking for more sort of affordable housing to try and help with this crisis. Um, and then what we do is we use all local contractors. We don't use big corporations. So we try and work with local people. So we support their businesses as well. And we use private investors where we then pay them a fixed return, which is much more than they get in the bank. So we try to keep everything we do quite personal um and yeah as you see on my instagram stories i've usually got one if not two babies uh, along for the ride with me and that's just interesting shall we say <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they, they they love it they have to come out on site with me and they've got their own plastic tools and they like to think they get involved and i think you know because we use local people and we build up relationships with our contracts and things they love to get involved with the kids and the kids get involved and i think it just makes a difference you know we're not I'm here to make money. I make no bones about that. Um, but I'm not here to, you know, be a shark, be cutthroat or anything like that. You know, I wanted a better life and a, a happier, more comfortable life for myself and for my family. And that's what we're trying to create. But, you know, I'm also honest with it. You probably saw my post a week or two weeks ago where Tuesday I was out on site. I was seeing contractors. I was speaking to solicitors. I was dealing with the bank wrecks I'm you know ordering materials in the next day my toddler's locked me out of the house and locked herself and a nine-month-old son uh, my nine-month-old son in the house with the keys so you know it's, it's it's not all sort of you know fun and games over here there's a lot of challenges that go with it it's not all unicorns and rainbows but I love what you said there as well it's it's an interesting point and the concept of fair exchange which I try to do and, and achieve in all my sort of like commercial like enterprises actually I, I try to do it with the kids as well but fair exchange for me is where somebody is giving something someone is receiving something and both mm. parties feel that they've had a good deal there and that does require as you said not being an absolute cutthroat shark but it also yeah. means that you know you you have to feel well done by out of the out of the deal as do, as does the counterpart yeah I'm running a business I make no bones about it this is not a not-for-profit organization I'm here to run a business yeah. to replace my salary to have a nice life for myself and my family but I also want to improve the lives of the contractors of the people who live in the house the people who want to invest with us you know the, the neighbors we try and bring the properties you know run down properties up to a, a good standard and anytime you say house and multiple occupation all the neighbors go oh my god yeah. who's going to be living there 
and then the house starts to come together and then I meet with them and we talk it through and they think actually this isn't too bad we mm. will soundproof all properties everything like that you know provide parking things like that so I yeah like I say I'm here to run a business but I want to be fair and I like to bring everyone else in with us and people will also you know often say well why do you use private investors why don't you just go to the bank you're right I could go to the bank and in some instances it'd be cheaper but I would rather give an individual a return on their money that they've just got sat in the bank than some fat cat who's going to go and make money and it benefits nobody other than them yeah no I, I agree and within reason as well if you're dealing with professional investors and I've done a little bit of this as well they know exactly what questions to ask and yeah. often instead of a 40 page contract loan contract from a bank or a building society you can end up with I think the longest one I've ever looked at is a five pager but normally they're sort of you know one to three pages yeah so it's straightforward it's you know yeah that's exactly how we work yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, a lot of it is done on trust a lot of it is um but if you lend me money, you are going to get that money back on your return, whether I have to go and beg, borrow, steal or sing on the corner. You know, like I, if I've said I'm paying it back, I'm paying it back. Like that's all there is to it. Yeah. And, you know, I've got Brett in the corner going, check this, check that, check this, check that. All right. All right. So, yeah, we know where we're, we would never take something that we know we couldn't pay back. You couldn't do. I think yeah. it's great as well. And I, I think, you know, necessity being the mother of, of invention, I think the commercial environment in the UK um, I know it's a global you know crisis in terms of um, economic pressures but the UK seems to be quite acute I think that um, necessity has has created some really innovative um, solutions from innovative people like yourself yeah yeah and and, and that's the thing you know we're we've we've saw a niche in the market we saw a, a hole in the market and actually like I say we can benefit so many people across doing what we're doing um you know it's a mindset shift rather than being sort of like and I genuinely believe this you know somebody gave me some advice once they said every time you go into something go into it thinking how can you help someone and not what can I get from it and I think if you genuinely do that of course you're going to get something back from it but if you genuinely change your mind to be how can I help you in every situation you you will it will make such a difference to you and everyone you deal with yeah, that's a, that's a great sentiment. I like that. I like that. And um, so I'm I'm in a slightly more enviable position. As I said, my kids are sort of uh, nearly eight and nine and a half. So I have yeah. the luxury, at least during school terms, yeah. of having a solid six hours to myself during the day. That's the dream. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, the day they both went into school, we actually went out and had a celebratory brunch. <laughs> my wife That'll be and, me. <laughs> and we were like, "Way, look at this! We can do things again." Yeah. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting. You can, coping strategies in terms of both work and in terms of like you know, so we don't do date nights. We do date lunches, for example, because it's just nicer that way. Yeah. Um, and it works better. Plus, I get tired and grumpy, you know, after sort of eight o'clock. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I love hearing other people, other parentpreneurs' strategies for juggling the two sort of like quite polar opposite worlds of being an mm. entrepreneur and, and being a parent. Did you know I've made myself available 24-7 to answer your questions? Well, sort of. I've created an AI version of me, iMike, helping my fellow parentpreneurs around the clock and around the world. And I did this in three simple steps. Number one, I honed my message and style of mentoring. Number two, I condensed over two years of content and uploaded it to my AI. Number three, I made iMic free so I can help as many people as possible. 
iMike is helping solve the challenges of balancing parenting and early stage entrepreneurship and is yours for free. Just follow www.bit.ly forward slash access iMike. That's www.bit.ly slash A-C-C-E-S-S-I-M-I-K-E. Details in the show notes too. You, you mentioned about your, your nine months old and the, and the key episode. Now, from very basic things like that, you know, keeping your cool and not sort of having a, a massive panic attack to running the business on a daily basis. What what ways do you cope? What strategies do you use? Yeah. So, I mean, firstly, I just want to be completely honest and open here. Like I have cried. I have shouted. I have like, you know, wanted to run away from this. I'm committed to it. I never will. And I will make it happen. But I don't want any. And this is why I try to be honest on my social media and things. I don't want anyone thinking she's living the dream, you know, off running three projects. And it's great. And you never get stressed like that's not the case. So like, firstly, that's not the case. Um, I do have support from my parents. So Erin goes to nursery on a Monday. Um, I still have Connor, but it's not too bad because he's only nine months. So he will nap. He will go to sleep in a car seat. So that is easier, bless him. Um, and my parents have the kids once a week. So my my main strategy is just to be organized. So, you know, do as much as I can in the day. Um, <clears throat> but have some time, you know, like yesterday, take an hour out to play with the toys and to appreciate them. Otherwise, you know, otherwise it can be like, shh, 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 working, shh, mummy's on the phone. And that's no good. That's not the life I was trying to create. So it's trying to be organized every night. I'll look at what happened that day. What have I got to get done tomorrow? What's essential to get done tomorrow? Yeah. Um, you know, what can't wait? And then every evening it's trying to sort of catch up. What can I do on the evening? What has got to be done tomorrow? And then every Sunday, Brett and I sit down and we go through everything that's happened that week and everything for the next week. Can I, you know, if it's just emails and chasing things, I can do that on an evening. I can do that if they've got a nap. But if there's a call or something like that, trying to schedule it in for where the kids are with my parents or, you know, where I know Erin's at nursery and Connor will probably nap or, you know, people probably see it on my social media or Instagram, you know, I've been literally known to drive around for two hours doing all my calls on the phone because I know that if it's at lunchtime, they will go to sleep. <laughs> so it's just trying to be organised, you know, trying to know what's like, a, what's a, nothing's a dead cert with children, is it, ever? Yeah. But, you know, what is roughly when do you think they might nap? You know, when will they be with my parents? What can I do with them around? That that sort of thing. And, you know, it, it's just the organisation but I have to remind myself, and one of my two favourite sayings are, everything's a phase. So whatever they're doing where you think, ah, it's a phase, they're going to grow out of it. And the other thing is, somebody told me, the days are long, really long, but the years are really short. And it's so true. Erin got to one and I was just like, oh, how did that happen? So it's just trying to take some time every day, even if it's an hour, two hours, whatever, and just appreciate that fact and, and try not to let that just move by. And you think, well, where did that go? really enjoy them as well Uh, that's that's really sound advice and I love it and the organizational side of things as well that's very much me we have a a start of the week yeah meeting I plan my week on the Sunday then first morning after school drop off we're we're straight into like a family PLC meeting how we go it's so so good it's um and and the time spent as well I've noticed that yeah I mean the attention span even of my two is probably not much more than 15-20 minutes and if you give that undiluted attention then that kind of often satisfies them someone said to me yesterday interestingly enough and she's a child psychologist so you know I I take her opinion quite quite um, seriously Um, she said 
because I work from home a lot of the time, uh, she said it's almost tougher um, to be present but not available, you know. So if they see me at my desk, it's like, okay, daddy's yeah. working and stuff like that. So yeah, you kind of have to be mindful of that. So like you, I'll I, I've now packed it in sort of from drop off time when they're back home from school, three o'clock. That's it. I'll I'll stop work. I, yeah. I have to accept nothing's going to happen until they've gone to bed then. And then, yeah. like you, catch up, sort the, you know, sort out the day, make sure the most important things, you know, in hand. So I think that's lovely. What what other bits of advice would you kind of give people who are thinking about this? Because, you know, we're, we're trying to help people who are early startups or who are kind of aspiring, but may have these fears and, and you know, sort of concerns about making the leap like you have done. Yeah, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice, and I do need to take this myself sometimes as well. So, you know, when Brett's listening to this and he's thinking, really, it is just give yourself a break, you know, because I'll, I'll get to the end of the day sometimes and think, well, I didn't give the kids enough today and or I haven't done enough housework and I haven't got back to this person. I haven't. It's just give yourself a break, you know, sit down and think about people. Okay, well, what did I do? Because, you know, my kids have gone to bed. They've had a story. They've had their milk. They, you know, good night. Love you. Love you, mummy. Like. Erin's talking so much more you're getting more back so actually they've gone to bed and they're happy do you know what did I did I read the right book at the right time probably not you know did we put all the squares in the squares or did they go in the round holes you know have I forgotten to email somebody back probably probably but actually everything happens everything gets done you know is there a pile of dishes or the washing hasn't been done or whatever probably but think about what did you do and and just try and remind yourself that it's hard like it's hard and you know if you are a parentpreneur, I think I've got that right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, especially if you've got babies and things like that, where you've got other friends who are on maternity leave and you're not. So the fact that you are achieving something and you have done something, be proud of that and give mm. yourself a break. Sit down, take, you know, so I do try and do affirmations every morning um, and a little bit of journaling. And do you know what? I don't do it every day. Sometimes I do miss it. Sometimes the kids are up from half five and one goes to sleep and the other one's awake and it doesn't happen. Yeah. But give yourself a break, you know, and the, just that journaling of actually I did do this and this did go well. And the affirmations of today, I am going to do this and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my best. And when I get to the end of the day, if I didn't do everything I meant to do, it's not because it wasn't my best. That was my best for that day. So just take a bit of time for you and try and remember why you're doing what you're doing. That's sound advice. I mean, yeah, I, I always try and say to myself, you know, good is better than perfect. You exactly. Know? It's Something's a, better than nothing. Absolutely. And you know what? I think because um, entrepreneurs are, are very driven they tend to find themselves in a very positive kind of little echo chamber where they're listening to, you know, a podcast that, you know, doing affirmations and journaling and all this sort of stuff that they forget that their sort of dedication and, and their sort of um, leverage of their time is, is, is way ahead of the vast majority of people. Yeah. Know? So even, you know, a, a pretty crappy day from, from someone who's motivated is, is probably a pretty average to above average day for someone who's just trundling in and going through the motions sometimes. Yeah. And, and yeah, just, just give yourself a break, like try and be positive and remember those, those things that did happen, you know, and I could say I'm not perfect and I'm not saying I do that every day. Sometimes Brett, Brett comes home from work and cause he does still work in a corporate career and he'll come home and I'm like, oh, I haven't done it with the kids and I've got 50 emails and you know, oh, and like it takes for him to sometimes be like right calm down but yeah. are the kids fed you know have they had a bath are they in their jammies they look pretty happy to me yeah. they're gonna go to bed in a minute you can go through emails like 
you've, you've done a pretty good job to get to where we are and everyone's still alive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 so important having that support from from your partner. Yeah, it, it's funny what you said earlier about you know he'll hear this and go hang on a second. It, yeah, I mean my my tagline on LinkedIn is you know I'm I'm helping others by scratching my own itch, and I have to remember my own advice yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, my, my wife Renata she listened to uh, uh, one of the first episodes of the of, of the podcast when we launched, and she went, "You don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I, I tried to <laughs> yeah and if I did I'd be amazing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so settle for good not perfect <laughs> exactly I, I think one, one of my other bits of advice that's really helped me is to try and it's, it's not easy and you know maybe network or whatever but just, just try and find even if it's just one or two people who are going through the same thing that you are you yeah. know so I've got me and my friend Charlotte um we only met through networking and we're on exactly the same journey and every morning it's, it's a voice note of oh my god you know Erin's done this and this and this and it's only half past six and I've got to get back to so and so today how's your day going and just some people who understand the exact stresses, you know, they're doing HMO conversions, they're putting in for new build, they're buying land. So somebody, whereas some of your other friends who maybe work in a career, and I, I am not playing that down at all because I know yeah. how tough that is, yeah. but it's a, it, it, they're doing a different kind of thing. So they may think, well, you get to stay at home with your kids all day and I wish I could do that. But then sometimes I wish, okay, but because you go to work, you do have set childcare or things like that. So sometimes I wish I had that. So you'll always, to an extent, want what you haven't got. Yeah. But if you surround the people who are on exactly the same journey as you, it, you know, a 15 minute chat with Charlotte and my day can be changed because you understand somebody's going through that and actually will say, well, I'll try this. Or I'll say, well, I've tried this. Oh my God, why did I think of that? It's so obvious. So to have those people will make such a difference to your life. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Um, I, I mentioned earlier before we started uh, recording that I have an accountability group um, and mm. that's just grown massively in terms of support and, you know, confidence boosting. And, and as you say, sometimes you're just too close to the problem and it yeah. just takes someone from, uh, you know, f f far away and even from a different industry just to look at it and go, hey, have you ever thought about this? Or mm. I wouldn't worry about it. That's that's pretty good. I, I think that that's that, that's very inspiring. And that I always like to ask my guests who or what else inspires them. And I'm wondering, I know that you've got some big challenges planned. I don't know. I don't know if you've announced them yet over the coming year, you and Brett for raising money for the NHS. Is that one of your sort of inspirations? Yeah, definitely. So when, um, so Erin was born and she, she's just, she cruised through life until about um, two or three weeks ago and she got hospitalized from bronchitis. Um, and she needed oxygen and steroids and things to try and keep her airways open. And we took her to the RUH in Bath and they were just fantastic. Um, but when Connor was born, he was born five weeks early. And he ended up in NICU and then had to be supported by the NHS again in the RUH. And they were brilliant. However, when he was only five and a half weeks old, um, unfortunately, he got bronchitis, but he got seriously ill. Um, and we rushed him to the RUH in Bath. And unfortunately, by the time we got there, he wasn't breathing. Um, and they had to resuscitate him. And he got taken into intensive care on life support. Um, and there was a consultant in the RUH in Bath who they called and he came in and he stayed in the hospital for two days and literally kept our little boy alive. Um, and now he's nine months old and like you wouldn't even know he's had any issues, any challenges, but that that in the space of not even two years, they've both had 
challenges now and they've both been supported and interestingly when we took Erin in the consultant that was on that night was the consultant that actually came in and kept Connor alive so we wanted to do something anyway but that was the final sort of you know we are going to do something so I am running the bath half marathon in October right now I can't I currently can't even run a bath so I <laughs> I will be training over the next 10 weeks um, and you'll see it on my social media, probably me stressed out with the double buggy or, you know, just just had enough. But we're going to do it and raise some money. Um, and Brett's got some other things that he I'm sure he will announce because um, we want to give back. You know, they they basically gave gave us our children, you know, and without them, Connor, most, he wouldn't have survived. He wouldn't. So, yeah, we we will be doing what we can to raise money to give something back there, I think like I said to you about using local builders and things like that, it's trying to give back, well, they supported us and I want to give back to them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, that's an incredibly powerful why, you know, to keep you motivated yeah. and stuff. And I can see, you know, it's it's very emotional. And mm. at, at this stage, it's probably a lot of joy and happiness that it's, oh, you, know, you know, a happy yeah. ending. So. It, yeah, it could have been so much worse. And like I say, that was, there is always the um, the stories of the NHS in crisis and the NHS are awful and they're horrendous and things like that. But when you get down to it, the people, the people yeah. on the front line are incredible. The business is a mess. And that's the sort of thing I'd love to go in and sort out and be like, right, let's have a look at this. What's going on? You know, when you're pregnant, you all your maternity notes are in a book and they give you the book and basically say, don't lose that. or We don't know what's happened. And you think, we're in 2023, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. So I'd love to sort that out. But for now, I'm going to stick to the property development and just raise some money to help them sort it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like little by little, isn't it? It's like slowly, slowly sort of thing. And uh, yeah, the, the, the challenges and the uh, opportunities present themselves. That's yeah. lovely. I really love that. So <laughs> I, I, again, a question I like to ask my guests is, is there kind of, have you ever come across a quote or do you have your own quote or kind of one liner that just summar, summarizes your, your, your sort of journey as a, a parentpreneur, a parent and an entrepreneur? Um, just that for, for me, that it, it's hard. It is hard. Um, and you are all in, you don't get a day off or two days off. And yes, it's flexible. So you can take a bit of time off, but ultimately it still sticks with you. So give yourself a break. Um, and the one thing it, I think it's Jim Quick that says it, and it, he talks about lies. And I, I speak about this all the time. So it's limiting ideas entertained. So whenever you think, well, I can't do that. Can I? Little old me, you know, if you you will have probably seen on my social media, I talk about Gordon. And yeah, Gordon's yeah. the little man that sits on my shoulder and he says to me, else, you can't do that. Not you. You're not going to be able to do that. So I have to say to Gordon, come on, do one. That's lies, that is. You know, they're limited ideas and, and you're entertaining them. Off you go. We're going to do this. So it's just that get rid of Gordon when he when he starts chirping in your ear tell him to do one and you know it that's all lies and you know entertain it go and go and entertain those ideas don't don't limit yourself you might not be able to do it today you might not be able to do it tomorrow but you know I'd be a lot further forward if I'd have had the confidence and started this when I wanted to rather than listening to the people who laughed at me about the crayons yeah absolutely I, um I, I remember I read that article when you talked about Gordon yeah um, and I, I chuckled and it made me wonder. I said, well, that must have been one hell of a horrible teacher at school or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know where it came from. I'm not really sure, but it stuck with me for about, it's been since I was about 18, 19. And it initially started as well when I, when I wanted to learn to ski. 
and yeah. I couldn't ski and I was like oh, I can't do it and people were like yeah you can and I was like no that little man's telling me I can't and I think that's I think someone might have said then well that's just that's just Gordon and it's just stuck with me for life now Gordon, <laughs> Gordon's there and he's telling me I can't and I have to literally sit down and be like right hang on why is Gordon telling me I can't and why am I telling Gordon that no yes I can yeah it's and it's really interesting because that's kind of part of our human operating system that's not actually evolved in about ten thousand years you yeah. know that that that's the kind of thing that we're saying no don't go into there because the, the, there might be a tiger or don't eat those red berries because they might be poisonous it's that yeah. same part of the brain but we've come so you know far forward like in terms of like you know the technology the speed of life etc but we still have this really quite primordial control mechanism i yeah i often talk to the kids about their operating systems and we talk about you know one of the little sets so one of my favorite you mentioned jim quick who who i love listening to but mm. my favorite is probably um bob proctor and uh he always says that uh thoughts become feelings feelings become actions actions become reactions yet reactions are what come in from the outside world yeah and just literally by being more responsive rather than reactive to what's going on in your head you know, you can deal with those Gordons and you can go out and, you know, have a more positive perspective on life. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, I try to be positive. I try to, you know, draw that positive energy, etc. But what I never, ever want think people to think is that that's it, because it's not. There's the days where it is actually a bit shit. And yeah. there's the days where actually it's all gone a bit wrong and, you know, I put on my stories on Instagram a few weeks ago I'd got kids ready we were off to do a site visit halfway there Erin has spewed everywhere it's in my hair it's come through the headrest like to the you know to the point where you think I can't I've got to go home like I can't I can't change I can change it but it's in the car seat I'd have to put it back in the car seat it's everywhere and you get home and you think oh I wanted to see that builder and did, was the first fix finished for the electrics and oh and, and it is frustrating so I don't want anyone to ever think that I wake up in the morning and go oh I've got a positive mindset and everything's going to be great and it's going to be amazing because that's not life and it's not life when you've got children so I think in that instance is coming home let your frustrations out do you know what I mean bang around a bit get her in the bath get everyone changed and then think about it and think do you know what it was just a bit of sick I can ring the builder today's Friday tomorrow when Brett's home I'll go there on my own and, and have a look around or whatever and it's just trying to you if you want if you've got to let that stress out let it out do whatever you've got to do to get it out but move on don't live in that moment yeah absolutely that that's very much the respond don't react sort of yeah thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's just having that, you, you, and 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 like you, you know, I am far from perfect. I shout, I'm grumpy, dad, yeah. and all, all the rest of it. But you know, if you kind of even just a, a bit of the time try and do the, the the responding rather than the reacting, then yeah, it's a heck of a lot better. So yeah, yeah. Brett, want, sorry, go one. No, go ahead. Um, I was saying, Brett's got um, Brett's got two older children as well. So um, and he he was talking to them the other day about, you know, road rage. And if you're the one that's had the road rage and like, oh, you bloody idiot. And you pulled out and this and that and that. You're going to drive off and you're going to be the one that's like, oh, and your whole day could be ruined. OK, Absolutely. whereas if you go, oh, he just pulled out in front of me. That was annoying. And you move on. Yeah. You'll have a totally different day. And it, it, that's the sort of thing, isn't it? get annoyed about it get annoyed about the person but then move on move on it's it's true i i was um i think like a lot of guys you know quite angry in my late te teens and early early 20s and stuff like that and yeah and i would fly off the handle and you know speak my mind um but these days as well with the, the road rage is quite a funny one unless it's a really really either dangerous situation or just plain stupid i, I always try and say 
oh maybe they're taking their kid to hospital for example you know yeah. maybe their their mum has just had a fall or whatever and you just you know you kind of try and put a, a spin on it that way and it does it, it sounds really stupid it sounds a bit naive and daft but just reframing a situation and and the, the person who cut you up at the junction they don't care no they've they moved know. on and yeah. Or, they, or they're laughing at you going, do you see that woman shouting and screaming? Yeah, oh, all right, I pulled out in front of her, bad, silly me, but we didn't crash and now she's screaming at me in the mirror. What's, what's the, you know, what's the point? Yeah. You've got to try and try and rationalise it and that doesn't mean that you'll be able to do that all the time and if you need to scream, shout, bang something, people go for a run, I don't know, whatever it is, go in the garden and physically have a scream, do it, but just yeah. move on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you talk about, um, you know, your kids going along to site visits and all the rest of it and, <laughs> and, Brett, and Brett's two older kids. I mean, what other ways do they get involved, if at all, with the business? Are they interested or are they just like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, I think Brett's older children, they they do understand. Um, de definitely, they are much older, but um, they're not not particularly as involved because it's more like a day to day thing, you know they're not here so much in the week that we'd be taking them to like they are at school or you know with their mum and, and they're with us sort of like half the time so not not as much but they do understand they do ask questions and Brett tries to talk obviously being an accountant talks to them about running a business as general and how it will work and things like that yeah. and then they're a bit oh dad that's boring but I do think it sinks in and I do think actually in a way they do they do want to know that because they will think about it and come back and ask questions. But um, yeah, with our, our two, because they're there and they're living it and they're, they're breathing it, you know, I've got my laptop out and everyone will say, mummy's working. <laughs> I'm like, mummy is working. Um, so she understands. And then when they come to site, I, we, I know we joke about it, but she's got a little tool bag and she's got a hammer and she's got a screwdriver and things like that. So, and, and all the builders, they get their tools out and they pretend to do it with her and things like that. So I think as she gets older, she will understand a lot more and, and the same yeah. for Connor so try and get them involved and understand and when we go on a weekend or we go and look at the properties you know if Brett wants to come and have a look with some Brett will say that this is mummy's work and things like that and so yeah they they are they do get involved but they are just so young I don't think they quite understand what's going on yet but I don't know why Erin's got this obsession with stroking all the builders hair and, <laughs> they, and they they all do they're so lovely they all bend down and let her do it I'm like guys don't you, you haven't got to let her stroke your hair <laughs> I love that <laughs> I don't know why she said that hair care hair and they all bend down and I'm like but I think what you're doing is phenomenal like you know that level of osmosis you know that they're just Take, drawing in all of this information and they will be because you know right right through till you know sort of late single digits early double digits they were literally just a sponge sucking everything in yeah my, my nine-year-old or nine and a half year old he came out with something the other day um we were watching something on tv he went well, that's just a stupid idea there's no margin in that <laughs> and, I love that <laughs> yeah and I just looked at him and went spot on Spot on. Well done. I, you know, I didn't make a big deal of it. I went, yeah, spot on. So obviously stuff's going in. It's lovely. You know, I've, I've tried, I've, I have tried sort of like, you know, um, having the old motivational sort of like tapes going on, on Audible and stuff as we drive around. Um, mm. We drive around a lot for his football. So we have quite some, you know, hefty mileage each week. Um, and I get away with it for about the first 20 minutes. And then you go, yeah, can I just have my music now? So yeah, ho hopefully yeah. in the 20 minutes, there's something, you know, sort of hitting them. Um, and, and that is, it will, it will. You're right. Some Something 
will be going in. Yeah, and it's, it pops out when it's ready. It kind of gets shaken up in their head and falls out at the, at the right time for them. Yeah. Ellie, you spoke earlier about, um, you know, you will always pay people back, even if you have to go and like sort of, you know, on the street corner to, to, to beg for it or sing for it. Yeah. What, what, how do you manage that? Because obviously running any business and, and, and real estate is, is one of those things which is illiquid and, and tough. How do you balance looking at new opportunities with the need for providing that sort of financial security for your family? How do you, where's your barometer in, in balancing that? Yeah, so we've got, so we've got a small portfolio that we had prior to starting this business. And we've got quite a lot of equity in there. So we, whenever we do a project, we always, we always make sure there's enough margin in it to pay everybody back plus our profits. So worst case scenario, if there was an issue, um, a contingency that we really didn't foresee or anything like that, that might suck away our profits, but we will always be back to the point where we can pay everybody back and pay their profits, their profit share out. So if there wasn't enough margin in it to do that, we, we wouldn't take the deal on. Um, and, and I joke and I, you know, and I, I, I take the mick out of him, but that is where Brett comes into his own, you know, everything is analysed to within an inch of his life. And if it isn't going to work, we don't do it. Um, and then worst, worst, worst case scenario, we know that we've got equity in our small property portfolio, that if it, you know, we were three, four months off of completion and we're thinking, right, we are going to run over here or we have lost more money than, you know, I don't know, something's gone crazy wrong or, or whatever it may be, we know we can fall back on that. So if it was something that, could go so wrong that we were going to lose our profits and not be able to pay them back we know we've got equity that we could withdraw over here and then worst case scenario if something was that bad we would have equity and well, we do have a lot of equity in our own home that we could then sweat that asset but we would have to have lost our profit their profit taking the equity out of our rental house and then taking the equity out of our house before we ever got there so yeah. we've kind of got a backup on a backup on a backup and what, what we always said we wanted, um, and, you know, this is not to be arrogant or to blow our own trumpet, is, but is to have enough equity in our portfolio at any one time that if something, anything went horribly, horribly, horribly wrong, and we're talking like the world's imploded here, mm. we could sell our house and have enough equity to go and buy a three-bedroom outright that we still had security for our family and our home. So if it ever got to the point where we thought we were getting below that, we wouldn't be doing the deal. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Having that pressure release, that peace of mind, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't think, I, I think that's the biggest downside to doing your own thing is those kind of moments where you wake up usually between three and five in the morning, go yeah. and just like stressed and panicked thinking, oh my God, what if, and it's, you know, it's all what ifism and stuff like that. Um, thank you. Um, we're coming towards the close of the show, but I, I, I'd love to hear um, what your plans are for the next sort of five to ten years where uh, where do you see yourself as a, as a parentpreneur so for for the next sort of five I mean in five years my kids will be at school and I just won't know what to do with myself right so like, <laughs> <laughs> I never ever ever want to wish the time away but like some days I wake up and think they're going to go to school like I'm going to cry my eyes out I'm going to be the they'll probably the way they are they'll probably go into school and be like yeah bye mum what's, what's your problem and like, oh. <laughs> but then you know you get the time the free time so for me it's about building 
a strong, sustainable portfolio, but also helping as many people as we can along the way. And, you know, I said about it earlier, and I genuinely do mean it in every situation we go into, it's how can I help you? Because if I'm helping you, inevitably, that's probably going to help me. But genuinely, what can I give from it? So we want to work with as, as many investors as we can. So if anybody has any um, lump sums of cash that's just sat in the bank and they're not doing anything with it, you know, by all means, come and speak to me and, and we'll work out some terms. We've got um, four properties in going in or going into conveyancing that we're negotiating on the moment to be houses of multiple occupation. Um, we've got planning approved for two four bed houses and we're hopefully going through planning for a third on that development site. So for me, next five, 10 years, I just see this growing and growing and growing. You know, we will grow our portfolio, which will give us more of a, a sustainable base to work from, like I spoke about the, the equity and, and knowing we've got that over here whilst we grow it and grow it and grow it. And we'll have to adapt and we'll have to, you know, go with the markets. It might be that, I don't know, Something else, something else happens to the interest rate, something happens, the house prices come down and more people can afford to get on the market. So house of multiple occupation might not be as desirable at that point. Mm. Um, there will always be a market for that because we've built those in the student areas. So it's right between Bristol University and the University of the West of England. So the Southwest of England. So we know we will always have a market there, but yeah. diversifying in five to 10 years, we'll, we'll go with the market. We have to be adaptable. It, that that's the key word there isn't it it's the adaptability and having that fluidity to res, you know sort of respond not react to, to, yeah. to circumstances uh, that's yeah. fantastic um so where can uh, you, uh, where can people get hold of you you said about investors if they had some spare cash sitting around and where where can they follow your your, your journey because it is very enlightening and entertaining <laughs> So um, on LinkedIn, um, Ellie Donaghy, quite simple, come ahead and find me there. Or on Instagram, um, Ellie's Property Mission, which is, yeah, where well, you'll see my real nitty gritty of the, the daily life of who's done what, or I don't know, am I on site, but having to change a nappy on the back seat of the car, or, you know, someone's had a fix, they've dropped their, their snacks in the foundations of a build or something, you know, that, that, that you'll see the more the nitty gritty of, on, on, of the day to day on, on Instagram. But yeah, you can also find me over on, on LinkedIn. Um, we, we're always looking to, to work with private investors and I've done some, um, public motivational speaking which I just love I love even if it just touches one two people you know a year and somebody else thinks do you know what I'm going to take that leap and I'm going to do it so yeah more than happy to do that to attend, attend any events if, if anybody is looking for any speakers I am available literally that's one of my favorite things uh, that's fantastic that's uh, all very good i can highly recommend following ellie on uh, on both instagram and linkedin you do get some great insights and some <laughs> and some great humor as well so ellie donahy thank you very much for your time thank no, you for thank you. On the parentpreneur show and folks listening to this episode remember it's uh, more done less guilt you've got this exactly it, that's exactly it <laughs> thanks ellie that's amazing brilliant. thank you so much